Good morning, Christ Central family and friends. Um, I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church, and um, we come to week two of our four-part series on entering God's Sabbath. And last week, we explored what it means um, to enter God's rest. And uh, this week, we will discover what it means to enter God's renewal, God's renewal. And as explained last week, this four-part series is, is to ready us as a church, um, as my family and I enter a period of sabbatical for six months. And in doing so, I want to invite you, you know, we are inviting you, members, friends, and the body of Christ Central Church to, to join us in some of these principles and practices as well. We'll be receiving spiritual direction personally by Dr. Barbara Peacock, whose plan for us in book Soul Care in the African American Practice serve, um, uh, uh, serves as a basis for the points of this series that we are going through. When I saw um, spiritual renewal, just so you know, as one of the goals of our sabbatical, I immediately thought that maybe this time of spiritual formation and soul searching and rest when we think about renewal will be about getting me back and bringing me back to my old self. You know, not the tired, burned out and miffed me, but the me before those things happened. But spiritual renewal is so much more than that. The renewal that this passage is talking about in, in Isaiah 40 here and, and the Bible as a whole and the God of the Bible is promising it is not about being back to or feeling like your old self. There's a place for that, but this isn't it. It is growing and going and, and actually continuing into more and further. Renewal is continuing to move forward in the journey in your growth. It is not just returning or reverting or reversing. It's about leveling up. You know, it's like our subscription renewals. Renewing your subscription gives you the opportunity to not just play, order, or watch all the stuff you've already bought, sold, watched, or played, but so that you can continue to the next episode or season or high score or level or purchase. See, spiritual renewal is the process where the Lord levels us up, brings us up, gives us the righteous credits necessary to move closer to him and closer to who and what he destined and designed us to be. Spiritual renewal from our reading this morning is something that, first point, we are always in need of. That secondly, we always have in the Lord and finally, that we trust the Lord to give us. Now look at how the Bible describes our inevitable cycle and, and end as broken and fallen human beings. Verse 29 says, fainting. And, and, and left, it describes as being left with no might. And, and verse 30, again, we have that word faint and weary. And then exhausted. 
These descriptions are right on when it comes to how we live and experience life. Without a doubt, the Bible has nailed it. We, we the best creation God has ever made, are like the best program or platform or game system or operating system or hardware ever made. It is made to require updating. And the new platforms and programs will demand sometimes new hardware and operating systems. It doesn't matter if you think about our own world, whether it's Apple or Android or Sony, right? There's always another something point oh coming out, right? A2 or 3 or 4 and 5 PlayStation or 1080, 4K, LED, now OLD and QLD. Because these systems like you and me are always about renewing and in need of renewal. In fact, renewal is not just because we are fallen and broken, right? Did you ever realize that Adam and Eve were created for spiritual renewal? Now understand that, that sin and, and the fall complicates and adds to it, but we were originally created by God in a virus-free world with the perfect hardware to be updated and everlasting, seamless, right? Updating from the original manufacturer. We were created for God, like Beyonce says, to, says, to upgrade you, right? But sin broke that connect, and the viruses of sin and Satan entered the world and it interrupted and damaged and disrupted that divine interaction, which causes this digression we see in Isaiah of human emotional and spiritual and physical brokenness and breakdown, where we first fade, then we flake, and finally fall. We fade when we get tired and exhausted by living life with, let me call it, spotty connection to our creator, to our manufacturer. We get slow. We get tired. We get exhausted. Our, our ability to handle hardships in ourselves and others in this fallen world gets hard to manage. We can't take any more changes or diversions or information or, or bad news or download any more tasks or work or labor or burdens. And yet the world keeps coming into our hearts and minds and putting us on the treadmill that we can't keep up with emotionally or spiritually. And remember what we saw last week in this, in this fallen world. You can be certain that stuff will keep on coming. Right? Life will keep on bringing it. And in the meantime, we are not getting and receiving enough spiritual memory, if you will, to handle and properly process what the world and our hearts are giving and making us face. The Bible uses the word weary here. It means worn. It means rubbed down. And it has this terrible twist to it, though. It doesn't just mean you're tired. It means that you've lost heart, right? Weariness means you've lost traction, like, like you're leaking strength. You, you've lost resolve, right? You, you're in a place where you don't think it's worth continuing, where you can no longer imagine good or great or better, where you can no longer move or rather have, or rather have the motivation to move. 
especially after a year like 2020 and in our various relationships with kids and friends and romances or lack thereof and marriages and jobs, your ability to find heart and purpose and worth and expect anything better, it's wasting away and maybe gone away. And you just feel like no longer fighting or resisting. You just say, let it just happen. Let me just get up and get on the treadmill. No big deal. Let's just get through the day. Let the day have its way with me. Let sin have its way with me. Let brokenness have its way with me. Let my depression and issues and problems, just just let it have its way with me because I don't think there's anything better. I can't even imagine in my weariness anything really changing. And just letting life just have its way, it deforms your soul. It twists it, it twists it, right? It twists twist it until it's hard or, or afraid or, right, or, or you feel futile, right? Where the treadmill, treadmill runs you instead of you running on the road towards a destination or calling that God has for you. You know, I used to have this PlayStation controller. I mean, have you possibly had that one controller? And all right, not everybody's gamers, so maybe it's something else for you, a musical instrument, a tool, a keyboard, something. And in my controller, like the springs and triggers and switches inside, like some of them, it's worn out, right? And if anybody else were to play it, they'd be like, what's wrong with this controller, man? It pulls to the left. It don't work. You got to hit the A button twice to make it go once, right? And and it's just worn out from just using it or, or misusing it and dropping it on the ground. And you actually adjust, hear me, you adjust how you play the game and hold it and you actually get good at it on that broken controller. You can't even use a good one. You can't even use a right one because that old one, you've been trained to use it in a certain way. You just accept that, guess what? This combination ain't going to work. This move ain't going to work. This play can't work, right? But it's only true in that way because you have settled into it and accepted it as weary and tired. We do that with our relationships. We do that with life. We allow life to do that to us. Playing it broken. Just saying there's no need. I can't afford a new one. And I've gotten good at making this work. And it's wearing us out more and more. We are doing life with weary and worn down controls. Weary emotions and spirits and bodies. Which will ultimately lead to us. Term I'm using today. Flaking. Right? In fact, that was one of the definitions in the the word. When I looked up the word, right? In this passage, the term is fainting. It means to collapse. It means to fall apart, to break down, to be dysfunctional, to fry, right? To be traumatized, to fall out. It means that you can't engage anymore. You can't hit that A button twice. When you hit it 20 times, it don't work anymore. It means you have the blue screen when it comes to life or aspects. You're not running slowly or scary or hurt. You can't run anymore, right? Some of us have said we can't live Christian in this area, this one area or this one part in in this one relationship. It ain't working no more. You let go and let yourself be dropped. We get flaky. 
where we might start and we might not start. We might go or we might not go. We might pray and we might not pray. We might trust God and we might not. We may think this is true in the Word of God or we might not think it's true. I mean, heck, right now, because of being Zoomed and virtualed out, half the church is fainted and flaked. Because Sunday morning fellowship at church was your connection, and now you're, t- you're tired, right? And, and now your relationship with the Lord and others and his ability to get through to you is now down. There's outage. And you are out. And many of us are walking away from the faith. Or just holding on the pieces of it. You know? Some of us, it, here's a t- sign of being faint, of, of being weary, of being worn out. Of You start to flake and say stuff like, you know, I, 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 I'm not into church. I'm just spiritual. Right? It's, it's all spiritual. You know, I can read my, my, my um, the, the astrology stuff. I can, I can read my sign, you know, you be in the, the hair place, and, you know, the sign, or reading this or reading that or going online and getting the spiritual stuff and, and looking at this person and that person. And, and, and it's because you're flaking, because you're discouraged. The connection you thought you had is, is, is spotty now and you're looking for something else. You know, maybe it's the personal life stuff that, that has just been one defeat and discouragement after another. Too much to handle and it broke your trust and faith in the Lord in your relationships and now you're hopeless and helpless and broken down in some way. And this scripture tells us, ultimately, it leads to a fall. Look at verse 30. It says here, if I can find verse 30, even youths shall faint and be weary. And look at this. And young men shall fall exhausted. So I want you to know that weary and fainting and falling, they're different words, right? They have different meanings. When it says fall exhausted, it actually means that they have failed to be and do what they should do be. They failed to do what should be done, what they were created to do. And and this young men term is is a real interesting term too. It it means chosen. It means beautiful. It means righteous, creme de la creme, right? As a human being, you have the soul and a calling of a young man, the way God created. You were created for good works and great works, chosen by God to shine and show and glorify him and be beautiful and experience and give love and that beauty, right, to the world. But when we fade and flake, we eventually fall, right? We sin, we transgress, we are radicalized to become folks who neglect and hurt and self-protect and and treat others and and, and ourselves ugly and we become enemies of God. We get cynical about the faith and the things of God and the stuff that comes out of our mouth. The word means we fall to ruin. We are ruined now, here's the twist to it with being a young man, right? Because cause, cause, cause the, 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 the term, as you, you begin to study it throughout Scripture, is that th- this young man means you're not going to be still. It means that you're going to be active. You're going to be propagating. You're going to be pushing something. And so what it says is the worst place you can be is be ruined in your disconnect from God because then you're going to ruin the world too. You're going to press it. It's like because your laptop or smart device never got an update, 
it is now a haven of viruses and hacks, not just for it, but for others it connects to. It, like you, is beyond flaky. It is in ruin. It's running and breaking bad, right? Like that, we are running and falling and pulling away from the manufacturer's plan and purpose for our lives and have become hosts and havens and, and passing along all and, and just ruminating and growing within ourselves and, and manufacturing. That's, that's a young man thing, right? It's, it's growing, it's producing, it's manufacturing, it's, it's selling, it's marketing, it's on the run. It's, and what we're doing is, is, is we're, we're growing all sorts of unhealthy and biblically questionable stuff in us and then passing it on to others. Whether we're youth, which here means young and immature, or young men, ready, chosen go-getters in your prime spiritually and socially, we need God's renewal. We need God's renewal. A renewal that we have in him. I went to borrow two from Brad Spinks, the artist, contractor, and creative guy who's also singing tenor this morning with us the one who built this pulpit, right? He was telling me how he is going to all battery power tools, right? Now, I came up when battery powered stuff couldn't provide the juice, right? It, 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 you had to have, you know, couldn't provide the power to support and give the tool, the blade, the ability to meet, right? To handle, to come against and get through. In fact, when you hit a knot in the wood, trust me, I've had the old school battery power tools. When you hit that knot in the wood, you know, with a corded one, the amps go up and a tool pulls on it, right? But look, in the battery-powered one, you hit that knot, and that's it. Battery done. Can't get through. But he was telling me that the company he uses has perfected power to do what the tools need to do whenever and how it needs to do it. I love that. Like a power tool. This passage is teaching that our God is power, might, and strength for what it means to get through life regardless of what it brings. To operate fully as a human being. To give you everything you need in him and from him to do what you, as a young man, think what you are supposed and should and are destined to do, right? To, to, to be able to pull through and get through as advertised according to how he created you, right? And these words, power, might, strength, all have unique meanings. And man, I, I was really into this little three, three scriptures here, these three verses, four. Um, and power is not just brute strength. You know what it means? It's so awesome. Fruitfulness. Virility. Fertility to break through. There's, there, there's a, there's a, um, there is a um, agrarian um, thinking here, right? That, that when it says to, 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 to mount up on wings of eagles, right? And that whole uh, metaphor there, it, it actually means um, that breaking through the ground like a shoot, right? Breaking through like a bud on a tree, Right? So power is God's spiritual power to blossom. Might here is, is what a coach gives, right? 
It's ram for the heart. It motivates. It gives the heart and the hope to become and do. And then strength, of course, it simply means it means energy, force to get up, to keep going. So we're not fading and flaking and falling and ruining our lives because we aren't trying hard enough. Right? That's what the scripture is teaching. But we are trying hard, too hard, to do life without the Lord as our power, might, and strength. That's why it's ruining. That's why we're fading. People are like, the reason you're fading, flaking, and ain't doing right, you ain't trying hard. You ain't hungry enough. Right? That's not what the scripture teaches. That's not the gospel. It means you're trying real hard. Even if you're, this term, lazy. And I got to be careful with that term because it's used so abusively. But laziness is trying hard to do life without the Lord. <laughs> right? We're trying to push through. We're trying to get through with the, the, the let, how can I describe it? Because I like using this service a lot. Right? It's trying to put, push through, get through with the Amazon. Right? aftermarket human versions of motivation and hope. And it just burns us out. It just ruins our tool. It just ruins us. It twists our heart functions. It fries our soul boards and process and, and, this, this, and, and, process and trying to process this messed up world. Yet there are all sorts of knockoff and half-whack and aftermarket versions of power, strength, and might out there that give us a false sense of prosperity and destiny. You're going to make it if you do this, if you be like this, if you change like this, if you push harder this way that will eventually lead to ruin and disconnect. And let me tell you, people are dropping words like your destiny, right? And into your future today. And, and right now you can be all you can be and all these kind of terms that, that definitely, they are biblical terms, but they don't have biblical power, strength, and might to actually accomplish it. It simply ruins you and makes you feel bad about yourself and condemns you and twists it and, and make you try harder in ways you can't. Verse 28 tells us what we need in spiritual Renewal? What's it say about God? Right? His understanding is unsearchable. Right? And I'm going to take that word unsearchable. Right? It means that what you need to function normally, right? I'm not even talking being powerful, right? What you need to function normally as a human being is not found by you and me. You can't buy it. You can't think it up. You can't Wikipedia Google search it, right? You can't produce it. You can't conjure it. What we need to be healthy humans is supernatural, spiritual renewal. As this text says, that is given by God alone. Let me tell you what that means and, and how that works. Look, look at verse 31 with me again. It says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They, for, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Um, and, and in this whole passage, you know, as I looked at it, you know, there is like one application for us in the whole passage. 
that this whole verse is so powerful and popular among believers is mainly about the Lord, and there's one thing we're called to do in the whole passage, right? Wait. Wait for the Lord. Now, unlike you probably right now, some of y'all, I hear the word wait, and for someone like me, ironically, it makes me want to faint and fade. I hate to wait. You know, memory come, know what memory comes to mind when I think about wait? See, I was alive before the cell phone. Okay? Right? I'm that old. When you couldn't reach people. Right? And, and you know, I had lots of after-school activities. Y'all know where I'm going, some of y'all. Sitting there. And every kid has been the last kid with the teacher there. Right? Waiting for mama and daddy to show up. You just be looking at that corner to see whether they're car. You see a car, it ain't them. What? Other kids, bye. That they are, hear me, somewhere between here and there. And back then in the 70s and 80s, there was no way to know when and where they were. Right? You just wait. And yes, some of that is in this word, wait. It means to linger. It means to long. When it comes to spiritual renewal, though, there is so much more than that picture of waiting on God. Right? That's one reason I'm looking forward to this sabbatical to learn what it means to wait. To, to be revived, revived in, in what it means to wait as a believer and not live in the horror like some of us do, waiting for that, now, now this is modern, for that text from that romantic interest. Just looking at the phone, waiting for that buzz, right? Oh, they texted me back, oh my. Waiting, sweating, oh my gosh, I, I put myself out there in that last text, I miss you, right? I like you. You want to go out waiting. Maybe it's an email from that job you applied for online. Just waiting. Back in my day, if daddy or mama was waiting for something, don't get on that phone. Right? This is, I remember call waiting came. I remember having a phone before there was call waiting. That's how old I am. And so you couldn't be on the phone with your friends if mama and daddy was waiting on a call. So you wait because they waiting. So wait does mean like a little kid waiting, lingering. Yeah, I'm, the worst waiting I experienced in my life, and I'm just going to say it as a pastor who has pastor's kids, is waiting for my daddy, who was a music minister, to wait for him to talk to everybody. And I'm waiting. I'm hungry. Come on, daddy. And you kind of do the walk in front of him to make sure he sees you. Duh. But if you go ah too loud, it'd be like, huh? You better wait. Linger, long for, look for. That's, that's Hebrew. That's right there. But this is no ordinary wait. There's good news in this wait, right? The Bible says wait. Your version says for. And that for changes everything. I like the other translation, and I'm going to go with that one today. 
think it's a better translation. The one that says, wait on the Lord. And that changes it. This wait, wait on? So it could almost be a compound word. Wait for, wait on, right? It looks less than like waiting after school for a text to come. It looks and should feel more like the picture you see here of a baby slung, right? In a sling on, a sling and, and, and leaning and laying on his mama's back. You see, when the Bible says wait in spiritual renewal, I want you to see yourself like the baby here in this picture. Because wait on or wait for, when you put those two together, it means to twist up with somebody. To bind yourself to. Some people use the term hold on. Like hold on a minute, right? Not just hold on, be held close to that, to embrace, to be embraced, to wrap yourself up, to harness, to, to saddle up, to, to tie into, to hardwire, to strong connect, full megabytes, right? To the Lord. It is like tying yourself and your life to a divine spring that is about to go off or, or plugging into a high voltage plug. Wait is to give your life to the Lord, to be in him and him in you, to lay it on him, to take your task and your hopes and your fade and your flake and your fall and all of its ruin and lack of potential and be bound and binded up and, and almost loaded up on the back of the Lord. To live trusting to only move like this baby or be motivated to be in motion only as and if he moves in you. That's what waiting means. And I said, to, to, and I said right, according to what he has really said in his word, to live according to who he is in your life, twisted and turned and moved by the fact that as Isaiah is saying that God, the one you are waited on, guess what? He never fades. He never fake, flakes, right? He never falls. He is everlasting power, strength, and might. And here's the thing. He gives and provides us the relationship with him that binds us and puts us in the sling and, and connects us to what it takes to be renewed. And that word renewed, right? To be able to get through, to get over, to pass over, to overtake, to overcome, to take over, to handle, to download, to process, to reduce, to put out, to be renewed. And that's better than Wi-Fi or battery. This is old school, y'all. This is about being hardwired to the Lord. That's what wait on means. This is never able to not be connected. It's an internal, as the Bible says, an ever reaching, always long enough, always long and long suffering enough, never in the way, but the way, extension cord or power cord or divine fiber optic that connects you to the Lord. That's what it means to wait on him. Have you ever been in a three-legged race or seen one and you strap one leg together in the middle, right? So you got three legs because two of them won, right? Then you run to the end. And when it is typically like a parent and a kid race, you got the overly competitive parent. What happens to the kid, especially if the overcompetitive parent, you know, they, they racing that, 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 those folk, right? We're going to win. The kid gets dragged 
to the finish. So I've seen kids on the ground, and, or at PE, right? The big kid, you get, come on, man. Your leg breaking, you just, ah, what? Dragon, but you win. The Lord is the Father in that picture. And he is saying, we will reach the goal. We will, as Isaiah says, guess what? We're going to run and walk and not faint and fall because you are waited on. You are strapped to me in purpose, destiny, and power. Waited on, right? A father who will carry, and sometimes the Bible even calls it this, drag us and fly us, right? Make me think about Train a Dragon movie, where learning to ride a dragon, to ride the Lord, to have our hearts and dreams and hopes and vision that he has given and put in us by the Holy Spirit and into the raw places of our humanity to be tied and harnessed to him like the wings of an eagle this passage is talking about for the journey and experience and knowledge of spiritual renewal tied to him. But let's face it. When you are down, you don't want to enter the father and son three-legged race. <laughs> father and daughter even three-legged race. Right? When you are fading, flaking, and falling, it is impossible. We, we too tired to get into any kind of race. Look at verse 28 with me again. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary, his understanding is unsearchable. The Bible tells us right here, doesn't it? You see it? That the Lord doesn't what? He doesn't faint, and he doesn't grow weary. You know what that means? He does not get sick and tired of dealing with us. And we never look like too much, or too far gone to him. You know, as a father, I've experienced it. Come on, son. No, dude. Oh, come on. Man, forget you. Right? You start to think that in your heart. He does not tire in running after us. He doesn't lose heart when we are heartless. He's so different than we are. He doesn't flake on us or break or break off or hide or stop or walk or run away when we get hard-headed or hard-hearted and seem so hopeless. The scripture is telling us the Lord first does to us what he calls us to do. You see that? It's the Lord who waited. The Lord waited on and for us. Those who couldn't wait on and for him, but must. That's why the writer asks with such awe and, and almost says, can't, y'all, I can't believe this. Have you not heard? Have you not seen? Don't your, doesn't your heart know and remember? Spiritual renewal is about what God does and what God gives and what God does for us. This passage points to and expect what God would do, has done, and will do for us. Jesus Christ is God come to wait with us, to wait on us, to wait for us. Remember the binding thing? 
to bind himself. The born, living, breathing power, strength, and might of God, Jesus, never tires, never fades, never flakes. He is the never failing love of God for us. And that Jesus, Jesus is God. Come to wrap himself up with in all of our destinies, in all of our destructive tendencies, to tether himself, wrapping himself with the responsibility of our flourishing and our calling to take us to the next level. He bound himself to the weary and the tired and fallen people like you and me, and it put him where? On the cross and in the grave. He, the Lord, waited on to experience the fate and the flake and death of our lives. But the Bible says that the Lord who never faints and never grows weary, who is power, strength, and might, force, that he never gave up or gave us over to Satan and sin, even in death. And that's why he got up out of the grave, right? He jumped up out of hell in the grave like he had the wings of an eagle. And when he got up, When he walked out of the grave, we were bound and twisted up and waited on by his divine destiny and victory. Now we fly. Now we emerge. Now we run and don't get weary and walk and not faint because Jesus is carrying us and holding us. Which completely changes what I thought and many of you might have thought is going on in renewal. To pass on and pass through is not just about us getting through the fade, flake, and falls of our lives. But most importantly, because of Jesus, regardless of how far we get down or out, God will get his grace, his love, his purposes through to us and in us. It's the promise, not just possibility, the promise of God's renewal in Christ Jesus. One of my favorite verses in John 15, you know, 5 through 8, um, is when Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says this, and this is the message uh, translation. Um, and it says this, I, I am, not translation is another word I can't think of right now. Um, I, I am the vine. You are the branches. Hear this. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can produce, can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home with you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. Spiritual renewal is the bound up abiding relationship that God has given us in Christ Jesus. It is actually him breaking through 
our lives. And it is about us going on a divine journey, joining Christ on a destiny and destination we could not get on and get to ourselves. That's why there's a joy in the journey. Because we walk it and live it and are renewed in it as and because we walk with him. I urge you today, if you aren't connected, abiding in the vine, which is Christ, your life is inevitable, an inevitable cycle, right? A fainting and fading and flaking and falling. But not just that, because we all fall and faint and fade. But without hope. Without hope that the Lord is with you and you are with him. Put your trust in the Lord today, believers. Have you not heard? Have you not seen? Do you not remember? That you are connected and bound and waited on by the Lord. Now wait on him. Bind your life anew. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, there's so much we've given up on. So much we've just said, forget it. We're tired. We're sick and tired of how this relationship is going, with how these finances are going. We're sick and tired, even with how some of our spiritual life is going. Don't seem like we can commit to any kind of time with you. It's just, it's just, it's so discouraging. But Lord, you said there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Embrace us again, Lord. Remind us that we aren't waiting for you at a distance, but we're waiting on you as those who are as close as we can possibly be in Christ to God. Carry us on. Carry us through. Renew us. More and more into the likeness of Christ Jesus. More and more into the life and behavior as become sons and daughters, youth and young men and women, children of God. Do that for us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.